It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced, white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. And don't forget to like and share up Joe's Karting. Uh, so that way you can keep up to date with the latest information. They've got a Joe's Carding regular page and then a Joe's Carding uh, parts store page that you, uh, if you're a driver or looking to get into driving, you can definitely get more information about what it's going to cost to get some parts and pieces from Joe's Carding parts store. And then if you're just a regular consumer like myself and Dirk Houston, then you can like the Joe's Carding Facebook page and keep up to date with all the latest information, uh, prices, hours. I know because, you know, this week, next week, things are going to be kind of dicey as far as when people are open, when businesses are open. So you can always find out updated hours at Joe's Carding Facebook page. And as always, joescarding.com is their main website ran uh, by Creative Element in a lovely website that I do enjoy uh, poking around on every once in a while. Dirk, yeah, how's, your, uh, how's your holiday week going? Well, I don't know, but I'm just thinking maybe Buddy ought to go ahead and, and throw a big holiday party for all the people that, you know, come out and race in the leagues and stuff, you know, maybe buy a a dozen pizzas and a couple hours of free cruising in the carts and stuff. And, well, uh, I mean, why is that? Why didn't he buy some beer? Well, wait, you said some cruising in the carts. We can't drink yeah. and go racing. So that's, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. No well, alcohol involved. <laughs> what about a post-race party? I, th- I think he could definitely buy that too. Yeah. Yeah. He can do that too. We'll have to let him know when he's on the show on January 3rd down at uh, Quaker Steak and Lube, mm-hmm. what we volunteered him to buy for us. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, we ought to f- first start off the show by saying I apologize to anybody that came out, especially uh, Mama Nancy, that came yeah. out on Monday night to Quaker Steak and Lube. Uh, totally my fault, not Quaker Steak and Lube's fault at all. Uh, I messaged the owner of Quaker Steak and Lube on Monday afternoon, and I'm like, "Hey, man, I'll uh, we'll be down there today about 5:45 to record for the show." And he replies back, and he says, uh, "No, you won't. We have uh, we have uh, dinner with Santa." I said, oh, yeah, that's not going to work. We're going to reschedule this. And he apologized. And I'm like, dude, there's no reason why you need to apologize. This is totally my fault. So well, he needs was... to apologize for not asking me to be Santa. That's what he needs to apologize <laughs> for. <laughs> well, you don't have the beard quite yet, but I guess, you know, that never stopped anybody. There ain't none of those people got real beards. I can get a fake beard. Very. Yeah, I, I would say very few of those guys have a fake beard. But uh, pictures are up of uh, dinner with Santa and. Seemed like it was uh, quite a bit of a busy night. So I'm sure uh, it was. We have rescheduled the Eagle Raceway Champions interviews to be January 10th. Uh, That's the Monday after we're going to interview the uh, Crawford County Speedway Track Champions, which I got to get to work on getting those guys confirmed. But uh, working through all the track champions throughout the area, we'll be hearing those interviews over the next couple of weeks. And we always encourage you guys to come out. And I am going to be working on Hopefully over the holiday break, when I've got some time, I'm going to sit down and finally get through all of the prizes for the Pick'ems contest. That way we can figure out what we've got left in our prize vault and we can uh, start giving away stuff while we're there. Cause there's a lot of times we're just kind of sitting there twiddling our thumbs as we get done with an interview and, and I don't overdo it and schedule, uh, you know, I schedule one every 30 minutes, give us a little bit of a break between. So maybe we could do some giveaways while people are there and people can come and enjoy some great food, some great entertainment and win things win things what a unique idea right it's exciting very exciting 
So apologies to anybody that came out on Monday night for the Eagle Raceway Track Champions interview. We're going to re- we rescheduled that for January 10th. And so far, uh, Mike Densberger is back in. And I believe uh, that uh, Jeff Ware should be back in. I just got to get reach out to Cade Richards and make sure the 10th works for him. But I mean, not a lot of people have things going on in January. So yeah, the, well, I mean, you're a week after New Year's, basically. So everybody's kind of still recovering from the two previous weekends with yeah. Christmas and New Year's. So yeah, man, it's amazing. It's amazing how much, you know, the, I remember as a kid, I was so excited for Christmas and, you know, it's just such a, a great season for me. I, I just love it all. It, it's, it's a happy time of the season, but uh, man, as an adult, it's so exhausting. Yeah. I'm saying that's where Cage should be fine. He's young enough. He ought to get up Christmas morning and not go to bed until after he interviews with us on the 10th. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we got a lot of headlines to talk about. Should we start with local news or start with the uh, national news? Let's start with the local people that are ailing a little bit. Man, there's a lot of people that are dealing with COVID, so our thoughts are going out. I know I just lost a, a friend of mine just lost her dad, uh, who her dad couldn't have been 50, 55, 60. Uh, he had a two-week battle with COVID, and, and uh, he ended up losing his battle. I know there's a lot of people that are are suffering from it, and um, hospitals are full so yeah we're and, and i know uh did our buddy bob kroger have it or was it uh he had it well they he? had they had it like a year ago i thought they had another bout of it no did you read his post i did it read his post that like, he was diagnosed with awesomeness yes i was gonna <laughs> say it starts out looking like a covid post but right yeah yeah he was diagnosed with awesomeness but uh uh gary harper uh from Ottawa Raceway, um, uh, has been in the hospital now for a couple of weeks. Um, when I had talked to him to set up the interviews, uh, last week we were trying to get put together. Um, so this was like three weeks ago when I talked to him, he had said he got diagnosed with, or he hadn't, he was going in the next day to be tested, but he thought he had COVID. And he told me, uh, when I talked to him, when I talked to him Sunday, I think, so two days ago, we're recording on Tuesday. So yeah, I think it was Sunday and he's still in the hospital and uh, uh, I guess was in pretty bad shape for a few days, but he's on the mend. He's on his way back. So he's out of the woods, so to speak, but he's still, he's still in the hospital. And uh, yeah, so we want to wish him well. And uh, Brandon Salzman's still in the hospital. I, he's really having some issues. I thought he, he's back in the hospital. He actually uh, didn't get out. A week ago like he was supposed to he ended up with some other issues and yeah he's got a lot going on so that's a young man that could use some prayers remember they uh when we were doing the recording in one of our breaks last week we found out that they're having uh, the fundraiser for him the chili feed yeah and uh yeah so right i think right now he's still in the hospital this was a post from a Teresa hyatt i don't know if that's uh his mom a relationship or or what what uh what she is to brandon but uh she posted on monday night at about 8 30 brandon continues to improve he's eating very well now and his headaches have greatly improved he's been walking the halls several times a day he's had his third radiation treatment today and they will and they do make him sleepy he is not very talkative and still low mobility in his right arm 
They're now talking about sending him to inpatient rehab therapy if the insurance company approves it. Thanks to all the friends that have taken time to visit him this weekend. They've uh, brought some great smiles to him. Man. Yeah. So Promising I mean, they, young man, I, he, he needs to kick this finally. Well, it's, that's a tough deal to kick. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's, that's just the truth. You know, yeah. obviously we wish him the best and, and want him to get well and get himself back on the racetrack. You know, he's definitely a, a very likable young man and talented, um, you know, comes from a solid family and a big racing background. So yeah. Can't wait to get him on the show to talk about his uh, Shelby County Speedway track championship, man. He came so close last year. If not for an electrical issue, we'd be talking about him winning two championships in a row, but he finally got it done this year, and uh, we can't wait to get him on the front stretch and talk about that. want to make sure and take the time to promote the Brandon Saltzman Chili Feed Fundraiser. It's $10 a person or $30 for a family. The Chili Bowl race will be broadcast live. There's going to be drinks, Chili Bowl pools, 50-50 raffles uh, are all going to be available for purchase, and it's going to go down Saturday, January 15th at 5 p.m., it's at the Post Event Center at 7400 Q Street in Omaha. You get more information on Tia Kaziski's Facebook page, Brandon Saltzman Racing's Facebook page, and we've shared it out several times. We'll continue to share it out over the next couple of weeks as we get closer to the event. But what a fun thing. I, I honestly cannot think of anything better to do on a Saturday in January, especially the Chili Bowl Day, than to get out to a chili feed Donate some money to a great cause as Brandon continues to fight this uh, this terrible uh, rare disease, this cancer uh, that is in his brain, and uh, and and get to watch the Chili Bowl. And I'm I'm absolutely thrilled to get out and be able to talk to some of my old my old, you know the race buddies that I don't get to see from October to March. Yeah, you know I've already got it on my calendar, and uh, I do think out of respect for what's going on that night. I don't think we should try to plan any chili bowl party over at QSL. I hate to say that, but right. I, I just agree. think that's the right thing to do. I agree. I think you're completely correct. So make sure you like it up. Uh, the chili bowl feed I've, or the chili feed fundraiser for Brandon Saltzman. Uh, I already reached out to T and I'm like, Hey, can I, can I put my chili in there? And you know, maybe, and she, <laughs> I, she did what Tia does. She is, she is incredibly polite, but she basically said, not a chance in hell. <laughs> well, your chili wasn't bad. I mean, I just had it look, about two months ago, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago. Where was that? There on October 30th, I had your chili. And oh, if yeah, I yeah, can yeah. handle it, it's it definitely not real hot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't heat it up for everybody. I I, I kept it kind of light. So I didn't uh, I didn't burn anybody's taste buds off. But I do, I do like my chili hot. I'm not worried about the taste buds burning off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the other end. <laughs> It's the exit that uh, worries me at my age. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Local news. I-80 Speedway confirmed that the World of Outlaw Sprint Car Series are going to be returning to the famed I-80 Speedway on October 14th. This is the latest I-80 Speedway has scheduled a race since I've worked there. Now, a couple of years ago, the uh, the uh, Cornhusker Classic got delayed one weekend, and I think we were down in Kansas City that weekend, right? Yeah, I do believe uh, three, was it three years ago? It feels about right, yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah, because basically COVID took out 20. I mean, mm -hmm. they raced in, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't 20 for COVID, and it wasn't this year. So yeah, 19, I think. I think you're right. 
I think that's right. So uh, October 14th, that's going to be interesting. This year, that World of Outlaws race was August 27th, somewhere around in there. And this year, the season ended the week prior to what this race is scheduled for 2022. So um, I looked at this immediately and my hopes got up and I said, oh, this is just, you know, this is just another sign that IED Speedway is going to be racing in 2022. And then I remembered this race is a rented facility race. IED Speedway doesn't put this on. They they offer the the uh, support classes. They offer the employees and the expertise. But uh, this race is put on by, I believe it's Brian. Uh, no, Brian Brown Promotions. Oh, Brian Brown's doing this one. Okay. Yeah, Brian Brown uh, Promotions. Brian Brown basically foots the money for this. He he works together with a couple of guys. And uh, they foot the money to get the uh, the race there, and then they sell the sponsorship and and make the ticket revenue profits. <laughs> That's if there are any. That's a late date, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, for racing only, in Nebraska. The only thing I see about that is I do see a probably a new World Outlaws hoodie in your future. Right. Yep. Yep. The one I've got, I picked up at Crawford County Speedway several years ago, and uh, I need something a little thicker for World of Outlaws is concerned. But I do like that World of Outlaws one I have, but. Uh, again, this, as much as I want it to happen, and I still think it's going to happen, I think I-80 Speedway is going to put together a full schedule in 2022, and I'm still putting my money on that will be the final season at I-80 Speedway, uh, but uh, we, we haven't had any confirmations yet, and I don't think this is any kind of a better sign that, that they're going to be racing in 2022. I think this is a sign that they don't have the track sold, and the fact that they're announcing this date says that... Uh, if they do sell the track, there is a clause in the contract that says they, they're, they're able to run in 2022 because why would you sign this date and confirm it if you're selling, you know, if, if, if they can't, you know, if, if whoever buys the, the, the land gets the track immediately, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I totally understand. So I, I and so far, it's just the uh, the Lucas Oil Late Model Silver Dollar Nationals. Excuse me. I should say that differently. The uh, Imperial Tile Silver Dollar Nationals. Feature in the Lucas Oil Late Models is confirmed. Uh, that date is up on Lucas Oil's website, and I that's a date that is con- contracted to IED Speedway uh, for several more years. And that's the reason why that's, that date is up on the Lucas Oil site is because they have a contract that says it, but it doesn't mean that that race is actually going to run. I think with the announcement of this, it makes it more likely that the Silver Dollar Nationals will happen in 2022 but I'm still a little bit fuzzy on, on being able to make a full call if there will be NASCAR weekly racing at ID Speedway or if they're just going to run maybe 15, 20 nights of specials. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't see Joe walking away from weekly racing since he participated in it for so long. Mm-hmm. I think the struggle they had to get drivers out there in 20, uh, this season in 2021, just... <sighs> Stops me from making that full say, you know, yes, but, but you're oh, right. Yeah. Joe is very, very loyal to the drivers that are loyal to him for the weekly racing. You know, well, I hope he does um, just for the fact that I know if I was driving and that'd be a scary thing at my age, <laughs> but uh, if I was racing and had raced at the track, um, it's technically been I-80 Speedway for, I think this past year was the 20th year. If I'm not mistaken, I was thinking 12, but I get, that might just be the length of time that Joe and Steve have ran it. No, that was, I think, was it the 12th uh, silver dollars, maybe. Yeah. 
But didn't Ed Kaziski start the Silver Dollar Nationals? Well, he was still with the track, but yeah, I believe that was kind of his baby when it came up. And I want to say the first year they ran that was, it had to be in 11 because I worked at the track in 10 and I don't think it was there that year. And I worked in Park Jefferson in 11. So I think that was the first year. So it would have been the 11th Silver Dollars. And the Kaziskis with their group of partners took over the track in 2004 and three, two, and one. Um, I was working at the track because the basically the whole crew from Sunset Speedway, which closed in 2000, went down and worked at I-80 Speedway with Craig right. Kelly being the race mm-hmm. director and Ted Carlson owning the track. But yeah, what my did. point was going to be, if the track's going to close at the end of the 2022 season, I would love to be the final track champion. And I, again, that's what I keep telling people. And everybody that says, no, nah, the track's sold, it's done, they're just not announcing it yet. I call total BS, especially after Joe came on this podcast and said, I want to be the first person and I will announce it as soon as I can that the track is sold because every race after that will be a race that every fan wants to make sure they're at and every driver wants to make sure they're at. When it's the final Charlie Clark Memorial, you better believe that will be a packed modified pits. When it's the last uh, Cornhusker Classic, oh my God, Dirk, can you imagine the amount of cars that are going to show up for the final Cornhusker Classic at IED Speedway? They might have to add an extra night for that. They might have to. I'm serious. I mean, it's, that's in the fans are. It's listen. I've the, the the my biggest argument to people that say the track's already sold, they just haven't announced it yet, is I'll reply back and say Joe and Steve are too good of business people. They know that if they announce that 2022 is the final season, that will be the uptick that will put a lot of money in their pockets for uh for the final season but if, if they just come out and say uh the racetrack's not opening for 2022 except for a couple of except for the silver dollar nationals and the world of outlaws that's I, I i wouldn't believe i wouldn't believe that for a week after i read it i would believe there's something else going on that, that i'm not seeing but it just my point is they're good business people and that that's not a negative at all my they're point great. is they say the track's going to be open <laughs> i believe them right right and joe said to me uh, during the employee party, he said the problem that we're running into as racetrack owners is that the land is far more valuable than the money you can make off of running a racetrack for 10 years. That should tell you guys everything of the state of, of it's going on. Yeah, <laughs> but it also tells you the old thing about promoters saying how they're always losing money. You know, every That's promoter true. at every racetrack will tell you, yeah, well, if I'm lucky, I'll break even tonight or, you right. know, I'll break even this year. Well, right. He just said, you know, it's more than I'm going to make in 10 years. So, mm-hmm. you know, there might be a, a loser year in there somewhere. And the weather pace plays such a huge part in that. We've talked yeah. about it before, but. Uh, well, and, yeah. and it, any more, I'm, I'm going to raise my hand on this too. I'm a fair weather fan. I'm not excited about a, a World of Outlaws race on October 14th in Nebraska. Hopefully global warming continues or global climate uh, change continues. And it's because it was 75 a couple of weeks ago. Last week. It was last week, wasn't it? Last week, yeah. And it's yeah, gonna it was be, 75. It's going to be on the 50s on Christmas Eve. So hopefully you know. this global climate change continues. And in October, we're dealing with, you know, 75, 80 degrees. Great. That's, that's fine. But if, if we're dealing with a 30-degree day or a 40-degree day, I'm going to be kind of a, hum, a scrooge going into that race. And and I, I think remember. a lot of fans are in the same same seats. I remember 
I don't know, the early 2000s somewhere playing volleyball outside on Christmas. So, you know, the weather, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it cycles. Everybody knows that. Um, but yeah, I'll, if that is the last race at I-80, I plan on being there. That's all I got to say. And, and we already know from experience that I'm not getting a pass because it's Brian Brown promotions. So he don't give passes to the press. Well, he doesn't get passes to the front stretch either. We haven't been very good to him. <laughs> it's been reciprocal. I mean, we it's we haven't had a good experience with Brian Brown, and not a lot of people have. He's he's not the most uh, friendly person to ever interview or talk to or race next to or work with. Anyways, he kind of he kind of comes off like a Donald Trump the second type of guy. You know, <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, you know, that's the way I look at him. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could win a he could win a championship or whatever, and I'm not going to want to interview him. I don't. No, I have after our interview with him at the at the uh, Knoxville Nationals maybe four years ago. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, I gave him a pass after that and said, you know, because you you know this, every driver has a bad race and they're just grumpy after the race. I've had bad nights in the booth where I just want to get out of town and, and somebody stops and talks to me and I'm not the most friendly person. I'm guilty of it too. So I always give drivers a second chance. If they're handing you a beer, you're very friendly. That's true. You're right. <laughs> uh, maybe that's what we needed to do was hand him a beer. But every single time I've talked to him, he has been short and borderline rude. And that Knoxville interview was completely rude and there's it's just, i don't i think i deleted it i don't even know if i have it anymore because it was just it was worthless i should have kept it just for something to put up and show people how we really act but anyways <laughs> we'll move on all right so i80 speedway having a world of outlaws race on october 14th typically they're going to release their schedule about the middle of january uh to the end of january but it's always it's usually before february so we'll find out really what they're going to be doing about that time. Uh, their their uh, awards ceremony has been rumored but not been confirmed to be January 21st. That's a Friday night. So usually Joe will release it that week and then talk about it more in depth with drivers at that awards ceremony on the 21st. So I expect it to come out sometime around Monday the 17th to Monday the 24th. I'm going to say that entire week is when it'll be available so we'll, we'll wait and see what happens with that well as always we'll get him on and, and let him talk about it so nascar drivers 20 22 of them got an opportunity to do a two-day nascar next gen cup series test at charlotte motor speedway did you watch any of the facebook lives and videos that they posted yeah i watched plenty of the videos and read a lot of articles and uh a few of the guys obviously didn't have a good test like tyler reddick hitting the Road wall. What did he say road. with uh he said uh the this car has been blessed? There's <laughs> a tweet he sent out. Yeah, that I didn't see, but uh you know, some of the guys aren't liking the car, and some of the guys are liking the car. And I did like the fact that they said they're gonna go to a six hundred and I think it's six seventy horsepower package on the half or the mile and a half track. And Brad Keselowski said, 670 horsepower. It'll be like Christmas. (laughs) I tell you, fans are all sorts of up in arms about the horsepower uh, announcement that they're going to be running a 670 horsepower option with a four inch spoiler at a majority of the tracks. We'll get into it a little bit later, but I don't believe they announced which tracks. 
That's actually my next article that I was going to talk about, but um, yeah, well, they're yeah, they're all up in arms because they want them to go back to the full horsepower package, is what they want. And yeah. NASCAR has been very adamant that they can't do that; it's just not safe. Right, and it not only is it not safe, but just reducing it. So I, I went and looked at it. I went back and tracked it down. Typical horsepower for the 2020 and 2021 package was either 550 horsepower or 750 horsepower. And I think one of the major reasons, I shouldn't say major reasons, one of the reasons that they're reducing the horsepower is to save on these engines. Because remember they have the, is it a three race rule where when they start, they have to run an engine three consecutive races unless there's a catastrophic failure and then they're able to replace the engine, right? It's not consecutive races. I thought it was consecutive. No, because what if one race they're running the 550 mm-hmm. horsepower package and the next race is a 750. So is it five, five, con- five, uh, three consecutive 550 races? Yeah, that's what okay. I think the rule is. Unless that makes more sense. A catastrophic failure. Right. Because we know there's every, it happened a handful of times last year. There was an engine change where the team had to go to the back. Mm-hmm. You know, we found this wrong. We and, found part of the oil filter. I do, I do remember one team, at least one team getting in trouble for not running the same engine. I want to say it was an Xfinity series team. No, they came to the tr- um, it was Chase Elliott. It was two Hendricks drivers, Chase really? Elliott. And I think Alex Bowman, I think. They were found that, to have the wrong. I remember that story now that the there was a mix up at the shop. Right. That's okay. all it was. Well, I, but what's in it? Engines. They just ended up in the wrong car. Yeah, wasn't it? It wasn't necessarily that it was. Yeah, okay. So you're right in one sense, but I believe the overall penalty was that Chase's engine ended up in Alex's car, and Alex's ended up in Chase's. That's why I said they ended up in the wrong yeah, car. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this yeah. is all a part of a money saving option too. That that teams can no longer run an engine for one race and then sell it down the line. They have to run well, it for three races, and then they're able to decide what to do with it. Yeah, well, a lot of times they weren't selling a block after just after one race. They, you know, they uh, reuse as many of the parts as they can. Yeah. And this has been a steady deal. I mean, when I started, you know, working like the truck series back in 99, all the teams had qualifying engines. Like you'd go to Daytona, they'd have a practice engine during the week. Then on qualifying day, they'd put in an engine to run two laps and they'd take that engine out then go back to the practice engine for happy hour. And then go back to the race engine. Yeah. You know, so they were using uh, at least three engines a weekend at every track. Every track was that way. So then they went to the one engine deal. You qualify, practice, qualify, and race the same engine. Then they went a step further and, you know, you got to run an X amount of races. And reducing the horsepower. Again, this is going to be something you're going to have to talk to me about because I I have a basic understanding of of engines and, and how they work. But Reducing the horsepower also will reduce the wear and tear on the engine. It's the same engine. This engine it's, can produce 750 or 800 horsepower, but they're restricting the amount of horsepower that it can produce, which produces less wear and tear on the engine. Well, no, you've still got the same wear. The piston's going to go up and down the same amount of times to run 500 miles. So okay. it's going to, the, the wear is basically the same, mm-hmm. but it is, it's going to make the parts last longer. Yeah. Okay. And, and again, going back to it, I think this is something that NASCAR is striving for. They're they're trying everything they possibly can to save teams money, because for a long for several years we watched it owning a, a Cup Series team. If you're outside of the top eight, top ten is a losing proposition. 
And well, the uh, that is one thing the charter system it, it didn't necessarily help it, but it put more money into the charter team's pockets out of the right. purse. Which it, it, NASCAR has always had, like uh, I know back in the eighties and nineties, they called it the Winter Circle program. If you want to race the year before. And it wasn't even the year before. I think it went for like three years. Then you were on the winner's circle program. There's times if you looked in the purse, um, like the one year Tony Stewart blew up like the second second lap of the Daytona 500, but he made more money than like the 20th place finisher. <laughs> I think he made $250,000 that day. Well, that, I, I, that remember, was, I remember talking about like that. 200000 to start. But yeah, he made yeah. But the winner's circle money. He made like more money than the 20th place driver. Mm-hmm. Because the twentieth place driver wasn't on a winner circle program, so, but now they now that's basically what the <clears throat> the charter system, those thirty six drivers all get the extra money. That's one of the reasons the charters are so desired. Even at what is the latest known price or supposed price was at eleven million for a charter. Yeah, yeah I think one. it was. I think they were projecting eleven to to thirteen million was how much Starcom sold their charter for. Yeah, so which is crazy money. They might have made some of their money back. They lost. Uh, going back to the uh, gen, the next gen car test. Uh, Tyler Reddick says these cars are on an edge, which is a good thing. There's more mechanical grip in the car, less aerodynamic grip. So you know you got to keep it straight and you got to keep the tires happy. You can't comp- uh, you can't get completely sideways or as sideways as we used to in years past with other cars because the side force just doesn't hold uh, these cars to the track. So uh, hearing less aerodynamic grip makes me a very happy person oh absolutely absolutely and the mechanical grip i mean with the independent rear suspension um that's obviously going to help the mechanical grip um seeing a lot of the pictures i saw from pri um some of the stuff they've gone to is is very unique you know the aluminum bumper mounts and stuff Mm -hmm. um obviously they've tested it know how much force it can it can take to me they look huge, but they're aluminum where the old ones were steel. So they probably haven't changed the weight of it any, but the design is completely different. The independent rear suspension, you and I talked uh, at Quaker steak about the axle doesn't look very big and it's not in a tube anymore. And there's U joints on each end of it. I just don't know how that's going to take, you know, slapping the wall at some of these tracks. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if, if it's going to cause damage to that axle, because if you bend that axle, you're done. You know, well, in, in most of these tracks, you back it into the wall, you're pretty well done, anyways. I'm not talking about backing it in, I'm talking about slapping it with the side of the car, a Darlington ah. Stripe type, type deal. Ah. You know, a lot of these cars run a long ways after they've scraped the side. But so do you think, because I'm, I'm all about drivers having race cars that are just so on the edge that, that they're almost out of control. But do you think if, if these cars are that far out of control, and let's take Darlington for example, that Drivers will back off and races may be less interesting if drivers are just, you know, not pushing it because they, they don't know if the car can handle it. <laughs> drivers are going to push it. That's just <laughs> the way it is. And now that they're going to have a little practice at each track, they'll have an idea of what the car can do there. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, Darlington doesn't race for a while. It's, it's not like they're going out and running Darlington the first week. Um, they went to a good high speed mile and a half track that where there's some drafting capability and everything else so they've got a little bit of idea what they're going to get at daytona and i think they ran some testing at daytona with multiple cars so yeah um 
yeah, I'm interested to see what the new car does. And, you know, I've been very vocal. I'm not uh, a proponent of the one lug nut, just not my style of racing, you know, mm -hmm. but, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, it does allow the teams bigger brakes, which brakes for the most part aren't, aren't an issue like they used to be just because the materials they're using and everything else, the science behind, you know, stopping a car has come so far. You know, you still have a brake issue every now and then, but uh, the drivers, you know, never really worry about it. And uh, but now they're going to be able to use bigger brakes. They'll have a little better cooling with the wheel design. Um, and uh, the aluminum will dissipate the heat off the brakes a lot better than the steel would. So, you know, but they've got a lot to learn about the sidewalls of the tires because the tires, you know, they cut the profile of the tire almost in half. So now you don't have all that flex in the tire. Um, you know, before when they went down a half pound of air, they knew exactly how much spring rate that moved in that tire because they'd been running those tires forever. This yeah. new tire, you know, obviously that's one of the things they're studying at these tests. You know, it's going to be a while. It's, you know, they throw all their old tire notebooks away. So going to be an interesting year. And I love those those days when uh, or those those times when when these crew chiefs that have such a thick notebook at every racetrack have to basically throw it out and start from scratch because i think it evens up the playing field a little bit well yeah i mean it, it evens it up every time they come with a full, uh, a totally different car mm -hmm. it's totally even at that point i mean obviously the tire stuff is going to be the same but a lot of that changes with the aero downforce which now is going backwards so you know they got to start over with the new car and yeah. uh, start building a notebook and yeah it'll be uh it'll be interesting Good. Keep taking that downforce away. Oh, I'm I'm all about that. One of these days, they'll, they'll finally listen to everybody else and themselves, and they'll take the splitter away. But we're continuing to hold our breath. Yeah. Um, at least the splitter's not like it used to be when it sat out in front of the car six or seven inches. That was yeah. crazy. So, you know, when that four-inch spoiler, yeah, you talk about the arrow downforce, ain't going to be a whole lot with that four-inch spoiler. Well, we got some sad news a couple of weeks ago that multi-time, uh, let's see, four-time Indy 500 winner, Al Unzer passed away on Thursday, December 9th at the age of 82. He yeah, had a 17-year battle with cancer. Unzer was the third member of one of America's most famed racing families to die in 2021. His older brother, three-time Indy 500 winner, Bobby Unzer, passed away in May. And then Bobby Unzer Jr. passed away six weeks after uh, Bobby Unzer did. So tough year yep, for the that, Unzers. That family got hit kind of hard this year. That's, uh, I mean, 82 is a, a long life, you know, and and a 17-year battle with cancer, that's uh, that's hard to fathom. Yeah. I mean, that, that goes to show you how far we've come with uh, with uh, with cancer treatment, that it's it's becoming a treatable disease. Uh, although not a completely curable disease for all still yet. That's something that we'll, we we don't need to talk about on this show because I've That's got my true. own opinions on that deal. Yep. Uh, <laughs> more sad news for the local community. Uh, we meant to talk about it last week, but we didn't release the show. Ricky Silman of Ashland, Nebraska, who was a part of SNS Trailers, was a part of the great Silman Racing Clan, passed away at the age of 66 on December 17th. No, that was when the funeral services were. Uh, 13th. I think the 13th is when we saw it because we saw it at Quaker Stake. 
So I think yeah, it was on that, Sunday the 12th. I think. You're right. So Sunday, Sunday the 12th is when he passed away. And uh, a lot of people in the racing community have been influenced by him and, and by the Silman family. And uh, so uh, we send out our thoughts and prayers to the Silmans and in uh, the SNS uh, family too. We had a lot of people that passed away over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you haven't been around the sport, but you know, everybody's the people that I know that have been around the sport a long time are getting to that age. I mean, before Dan Taylor knew about racing, mm -hmm. the Silmans had their own racetrack, which was about a quarter mile from where I 80 sits down to uh, the, towards the interstate, a little bit behind I 80. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Back in the nineties. Um, and, uh, I don't remember what that track ran Greenwood raceway. I think it was what it was called. And it ran two or three years, I think. Matter of fact, their, their pit trailer, for concessions is what i80 has now oh really yeah i'm pretty sure of that huh. i remember and and maybe i mean 20 some odd uh, years maybe they've upgraded that trailer but i'm pretty sure that was the silman's pit trailer for concessions that came huh. over to i80 now we've done uh we've kind of done the well we did the zeitner family racing we've essentially done the kaziski family racing with the legends of the dirt series but we could revisit it with more of the of the family and and i'd love to get ed on the show and, and talk about his career he's the only kaziski we really haven't had on but I, the more and more i hear about you know the stories of the Silmans, i'm thinking maybe we need to add them to that list of of family to to do an entire show with yeah i mean we could reach out to them and see if they want to talk to us you know i think that'd be fun there's there's so many you know third fourth generation racers within the, the the race community that that i would i just want to sit down with the whole family and just just have a beer and, and talk and, and record the interview i think that'd be fun yeah i mean uh you know whether we went out to sns's shop or brought them up to quaker steak or something one night sns's shop might be too shiny for me <laughs> <laughs> then again the alcoholic quaker steak is too shiny for me too i get distracted yeah. with that also so going to SNS, you're saying is you won't be able to outshine the chrome in the place. So oh no, I will. There. I just I just get distracted by it. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> I knew there was something around there. <clears throat> so, anyways, our thoughts and prayers go out to the the Silman and the race community is is uh, dealing with the loss of that, and it's it's a little belated. So we apologize for that. Back up to the NASCAR news. Huge news. I was a little surprised at hearing this that Mars Incorporated is going to be departing NASCAR following the 2022 race season. Uh, Mars released a statement and, uh, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing, Kyle Busch, everybody has released, released statements after the announcement that they would not be returning. That uh, that has been one of the more stable staples as sponsorship goes in NASCAR. I, I believe Mars owns sponsorship of probably 30 races on that 18 car. It's got to be close to that. It's the, the vast majority of the schedule. I know that. And uh, um, is Mars, is that, uh, was a Snickers bar of Mars? Because, mm -hmm. yep. I mean, back in the, I don't know if it went back in the 80s, but I definitely know in the 90s, they uh, uh, sponsored some cars with the Snickers bars through the years. So I'm, I'm not sure. I read the article, but I don't remember how many years it said they'd been involved. 20 some years, wasn't it? Yeah, I want to say it was 19. Oh, here it is. 1998 became okay. uh, is when M&M's became a focal sponsor in the Cup Series. Uh, first sponsoring Ernie Irvin in 1998. Okay, now that's M&M's, but Mars itself was in before that. Were they? Yeah. Now, whether they, uh, you know, you just said, you know, M&M's. Yeah, they had uh, 
Ernie Irvin, they had Schrader, Elliot Sadler, they all drove the M&M's car. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but I know, uh, I know Hut Strickland had a, a Snickers bar car for a while. I'm thinking there was somebody else. And they might have just dabbled at that point. Maybe they were only sponsoring five races a year type deal or something. Yeah. I, but, I remember this has been something that you and I have talked about. I've used the the article that was released years ago from, from Mars themselves that they were able to track a four to one return on their investment. And using rough math, we figured that uh, I, I think I'd heard that a primary sponsorship on a cup series team, essentially on that number 18 car was about $40 million a year. And that was probably five, six, seven years ago, five years ago, maybe somewhere in there. So if they're getting a four to one return on their investment, my God, that, that's a lot of M&Ms and Snickers bars to sell. And, and to be able to track the return on that is pretty crazy too. Well, um, I'm not exactly sure, um, but there might've been part of that uh, coming in contract. A lot of those deals get tied up with being the official you know, whatever of NASCAR was, was Mars, the official candy of NASCAR. So you went to a NASCAR race, all you can buy is Snickers bars and M&Ms and et cetera, et cetera. I don't, I don't know. I I can honestly tell you as much as I enjoy a a Twix and an M&Ms and a Snickers, I've never seen an official sponsor of NASCAR logo on their wrappers. And I've, I've never looked for them in the concession stands. I I can't answer that either. It might not be, be, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying that that's a could be. You know, and uh, uh, but in all honesty, I mean, I can I could see this coming. I didn't expect them to totally pull out. Yeah. But I just know from some people that are in the grocery store business, the candy sales in general are down because with the inflation, that's one of the things people are cutting back on. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've, I've tried very hard to not eat candy, you know, but I do. God, I love a good Twix. Mm. Well, and, and, what a, and by the way, just a total side note, what a brilliant marketing strategy of right Twix versus left Twix. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw that for the very first time, that is one of the few commercials I looked at it and I went, how brilliant. You're going to create a rivalry <laughs> within <Yes>. yourself. <laughs> within the within the wrapper. <laughs> and now all the wonder- Twixes, you can buy left left twixes and right twixes and i'm telling you guys you better damn well believe i'm a left-handed guy i'm only buying left twixes i will i will circulate through that box and find a left twix package and i'll eat those because they taste better (laughs) i just want the general public to know that i've also seen you be rather fond of a snickers bar or two yeah yeah they, they help me be less cranky another good marketing campaign too but only when you're not going anywhere now, uh, Adam Stern tweeted out, uh, Pernsky, I don't know who this guy is. Who's that? Uh, Pernsky, P-E-R-N-S-K-I. I'm going to try to do some research and figure out who he is. But he said, while the deal was still getting us a good, getting a good return on investment, Mars Global wanted to try something new. I don't know who Pernsky is. Dave Alpern. Let's see. Blessed to be Stacy's husband, proud president of Joe Gibbs Racing. Okay. So he's the new, he's the president of Joe Gibbs Racing. So he took Joe, J.D. Gibbs' job, who passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah. Okay. 
So they were still getting information that their investment into the 18 car and, and primary sponsorship on primary sponsorship on their Cup Series car, Xfinity Series car, uh, probably down in the Truck Series also, uh, was still getting them a good return on their investment. They just wanted to try something new. That's always a frustrating thing is is when you've got a good partnership like that and and they just want to try something different because well they never right. come back and say hey that didn't work for us we're ready to come back they never come back. Well, and I'm considering a good investment on your money for advertising two to one. Yeah. And if they were getting four to one, it's declined, but it's still good. Right. So right. exactly what he's saying with that, you don't know. But like I said, I know from, from a friend that's in the, the grocery store business that the candy sales are down. And I mean, I buy an occasional candy bar and, it, you know, I think the last Snickers bar I bought was almost two bucks. And that's yeah. crazy. That's insane. You know, it was like a buck eighty nine or something, and I was like, "Oh man!" All right, so Lionel released their top ten diecast for two thousand twenty one. Did you see this article? Um, I might have. Now that you say that, who would you guess would be the number one best selling diecast for two thousand twenty one? Um, I'll give you credit for the driver. I'll give you bonus points if you could name the the paint scheme in the car. Um. Now I know I read the article. Um, mm. Checking the old memory bank here. You know, I mean, part Aren't of it you tells Google? you it, what's that. No, I'm not on Google. <laughs> I'd screw that up. Somebody was just trying to call in and I might hung up on you trying to get them off. That's true. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not real good at that deal. So, um, I mean, to me, common sense says it's Chase Elliott because he's the most popular driver, but I don't think that was who it was. Um, uh, it was not. Uh, I'm going to say Bubba Wallace and McDonald's. No, it was Kevin Harvick in the Gravedigger car. Hmm, okay. Which I I'm I'm surprised and ecstatic by that because that is a badass looking car and and it's not Chase Elliott or Kyle Larson, so I'm happy with that. Uh, yeah, and although, I mean, well, it's it's the crossover fans. Yeah, that made that happen. Like All so. of your monster truck people. I mean, I thought it was cool when they did the little deal with his kids saying, Hey dad, look who I brought along. And they brought to, uh, what's his name? Anderson. I think that drives uh, yeah. a Dang it. Well, Anthony Ainsley's turning over in his bed right now. Listening to this. And I can't think of his, is it Dustin Anderson or. That might be right. No, but Dustin Anderson's a modified driver at Eagle. I know they've got several drivers. All oh, those look monster at that. Trucks. Oh, good Lord. I typed in who drives and Google auto completed Gravedigger. As if oh, yeah. Google is not listening to me. <laughs> of course, you probably looked it up 63 times. So I didn't. I swear to God, this is the first time I have I've typed who drives. And I can for as long as I can remember. Adam Anderson is the primary driver of Gravedigger, although Morgan Kane, Charlie Pauken, Randy Brown, Kristen Anderson, Brandon Vinson, and Tyler Meninga all drive Gravedigger. Told you there were several. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the one thing that I that was one of the first few things I learned about monster trucks the last couple of years is there's not one guy that drives all the cars trucks. No, there's not one guy that drives the one car all the time. Yeah, because they're in different places, different parts of the country at the same right. time. Right. Uh, Kyle Larson did come home second in the number five HendrickCars.com Chevrolet Championship Edition car from Lionel. Uh, Chase Elliott, the number nine Napa Auto Parts, was third. Kyle Larson was fourth in the 
HendrickCars.com Chevrolet Championship Phoenix win car. And <laughs> this, how am I not surprised? Dale Earnhardt Jr. was fifth in the number eight United Air United for American Chevrolet Richmond Xfinity race car. Uh, Elliot was sixth with the number nine Hooters. He was seventh with the number nine Lumar Chevrolet Coda win. Larson was eighth. Elliot was ninth. And then Bubba Wallace was 10th with the McDonald's Toyota Talladega winning car. Well, Junior's deal is all those cars went into collections. There ain't some little kid playing yeah. around out in the sandbox with that car. I'll tell right. you that. Right. You know, there's so many people that have collected his stuff, you know, that actually collected his father's stuff and just continued. Yeah. And uh, I even I even know some Dale Earnhardt senior collectors that have actually bought some of Austin Dillon's number three cars that are some type of throwback. So there's a lot that goes on in that collection world for NASCAR stuff. Me, I get an ass, I go buy a NASCAR t-shirt at the racetrack. I wear the damn thing. <laughs> I'm not going to keep them. Even though I, my brother brought me back two from Vegas that I haven't even opened yet. So the Chili Bowl reaching record numbers. As of a couple of days ago, the car count was nearing 300 entries. Uh, despite challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic, Seven former champions and 80 rookies contributing to the lineup for 2000. What'll be 22. Again, I, thought they were up, I thought they were up to like 340 or something. I read they might have been again. This article was written two days ago. So, uh, well, two days ago as of recording. So it was written on January 19th or December 19th is when it was posted. And well, and maybe, maybe they were expecting it to reach 340. That could mm -hmm. be what I read too. NASCAR has announced they'll be allowing chrome numbers in 2022. Uh, that has been something that NASCAR has... Uh, NASCAR originally banned chrome numbers because of its concern about visibility and how well they contrast with the rest of the race car. Now they'll be allowed again, pending approval from the sanctioning body. Uh, as an announcer and a guy who tries to read these numbers, I can't stand chrome numbers because of that exact reason. They don't contrast at all, and it makes it very difficult to be able to read uh, the numbers and the uh, letters if if a uh, driver at the dirt track is doing both. Yeah, well, that's just because they, you know, they reflect, you know, they reflect the mm -hmm. cars around them. They reflect uh, a little bit off the car they're on. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're they're tough to read. And, and by the uh, way, any, any driver that thinks that a, a single strip of scotch tape as a K or a two or whatever will, will be su sufficient. Uh, I'll tell them every day, at least double wide duct tape width uh, at a minimum. And then I might be able to read your car letter. Yeah, it's that's something that you, know, you run into at a lot of specials because 10 guys will show up with the number mm. two. And then you got half the alphabet number two. And yeah, and they go in, and they, they go and put decal tape that, that maybe a half inch wide. And, and, and then they get frustrated with me into the race. Well, you couldn't tell that I was the 22K? No. no. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't tell at Eagle. I especially can't tell at I-80 Speedway. No, <laughs> you're going really fast. You're a long ways away, and I'm almost forty. No, no. Yeah, the, the bad, the bad part. I remember. I don't remember if it was a Bush race. I think it was a, a WDRL race at Lakeside. There were three yellow fifty twos. Oh my God. So Steve Kaziski and two others, and it actually got, I mean, there were no transponders back in. I mean, I'm talking like 2002, maybe 2001. Um, there were no transponders and there was a big, big scoring 
snafu because the score got mixed up and uh it blew up at the trailer and it got kind of ugly and uh you know i got asked my opinion as i was an official and i'd work the front straightaway all the time and just for something to do i had my pen and i'd have my lineup sheet out and i'd always start putting the lap cars down so i could keep track of them when i had to go out and do a restart lineup yeah and uh one of the 52s got lapped uh steve kaziski ran he was in the top five third four something like that but they had him as the lap car and uh grace oh, was up uh, yeah, I, I think the- i remember you talking about that Gra- yeah grace went up there and yelled at him didn't they didn't she well she went up to get the checks because they'd print the checks the wdrl gave the drivers a check right there at the racetrack mm-hmm. you know once they deemed the race official they started paying everybody and grace went up to get checks and she goes oh this ain't right you know yeah and uh it uh finally i got called over to the hauler i don't remember what i was doing i might have been starting to pack up the the tech equipment or something tearing down stuff i don't remember but i got called up and you know jim wilson says i know you keep track of that stuff where's Steve kaziski finished and i said you know third or fourth and he goes well that's what grace is saying and i thought so too and i said well that's right but he said well he got scored you know at this spot and i said no i said there was 152 that's a lap down but it wasn't steve yeah so well, maybe maybe the the reason for the transponders is the reason why they're allowing the numbers now. We'll be we'll it'll be interesting to see what drivers take advantage of it or uh, or, or utilize it. But um, my one of those minor changes in the off season that's that that might impact you in a couple of in a couple of seasons or so. Well, you, well, you heard of this guy Jimmy Johnson, haven't you? Who? Uh, yeah, former NASCAR champion. I guess he won like seven NASCAR championships or something like that. Regarded oh, as I thought, you, I thought you were talking about the motocross racer from the 90s. <laughs> or the uh, Cowboys coach. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Jimmy is going to be running a full IndyCar season schedule starting in 2022. Uh, he says he's excited. He can't, be, can't wait to be behind the wheel. If he succeeds in IndyCar, does that does – that further suggest that nascar is the harder of the two series because of the struggles that he had the last you know season two seasons that he was with hendrick if he succeeds in indycar no that'll say nascar is a piece of cake well but but he didn't he he fell off at the end of his career career. he didn't try he didn't try indycars when he was 30 okay so you don't think it's really suggests anything no, I, I don't. I, I mean, he's at the end of his career. That's why he got out of a cup car. You know, look at Kurt Busch ran the Indy 500 a few years ago, got rookie of the race. What did he finish? Like 11th or 7th or something? Decent, I mean, yeah. very solid finish for the first time ever in one of those race cars. Yeah. You know? And we've seen um, several IndyCar regulars come over to NASCAR and not have success. Exactly. It's. I, I think probably one Pablo was the most successful, and, and I say that in total air quotes. Um, the most successful um, would have been Tony Stewart. Oh yeah, I forgot he ran. Well, did he run full time indie for a couple of years? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess you're. Yeah, you're right. He he and he ran pretty. He won pretty quick in the uh, cups or in the NASCAR series. Well, he was a rookie in '99. He won his first championship in '01. Um, that might be right. I think he won a race his rookie year. I do believe. Yeah. So anyways, he's, uh, and by the way, if you hear some purring, my cat Tonks has decided it's time to cuddle. Now it's your cat Tonks. (laughs) (laughs) She's been living here for six years, I guess. So discount tires has announced they'll continue to sponsor Penske. They were a big supporter of Brad Keselowski 
through the Cup Series and through the Xfinity Series, and they have announced they will remain with Penske as uh, um, sponsor of number two. Up, did you see the other thing with Brad Keselowski and Penske? Mm, no. Penske copyrighted a certain font that they put Brad Keselowski's name on the race cars on. So Brad can't use that over at Roush, Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing. He can't use that font. Oh, that is... I thought about Petty. Oh, my God. Well, I, I, I don't know if I classify it as Petty as so much as, you know, like the, the, the term Super Bowl is copyrighted by the NFL. They own that term. And if they decide they don't like the way you're using it, they will sue you or say, at least send you a cease and desist order. I know the NFL has sent a couple of my radio stations those cease and desist orders. Yeah, well, I, you know, uh, I know, uh, oh, what's his name? The old Lakers coach announcer, Pat Riley. He uh, copyrighted the term three-peat. You can make a lot of money copywriting words, but you got to It's got to be a phrase, which you is know. the reason why they were able to copyright. I'm surprised they were able to, co- well, they copyrighted the font of the exactly. name. Yeah, so whatever style it is, and they they didn't show it. You know, Brad Kozlowski's name like this cannot be used. Right. They didn't put the little copyright symbol behind him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I know that because I, I they believe Richard Childress Racing owns the font for the number three car. They own the copyright for that. That kind of laid back three. Yeah. Lay, laid back on one side, leaning forward on the other. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're into this Keselowski deal. Damn, that's one we missed at the very beginning of the show. What was that? Brad Keselowski's father, patriarch of that racing clan, uh, former ARCA champion, Bob Keselowski, passed away after a battle with cancer this last week. I didn't know that. Um, Saturday, maybe? Oh, my was God. I didn't realize he lost his dad. That's terrible. Yeah, it just happened. Uh, um, infield Jen posted something on it one night and you know said bob's in real bad shape and of course i knew him from the truck series when he was a team owner and uh, uh and of course she's marrying or is engaged to brad's older brother brian um again we've, but, we've discussed how lucky of an individual he is oh yeah and uh uh yeah so i you know i read the article and uh it was before i got out of facebook jail which was about nine o'clock sunday morning so yeah, I'm thinking it was Saturday because I couldn't comment on it as much as I wanted to. And uh, I looked up Brad Keselowski racing and, and went over and sent a message. Whether Brad ever saw it or not, I don't, I can't say, but yeah, you know, uh, yeah. And uh, Bob actually ran, I think it was in 92 or three. Um, they ran an ARCA race at I-80 Speedway. And uh, I don't remember where he finished. He didn't win it, but uh I can't remember who won it. I think Steve Kaziski ran second, but uh, Stan Caesar would know. I think he was there. I wasn't there for the race. so Stan Caesar yeah, and uh, Anthony Ainsley would probably know. I bet they were both there. It was like 92. I mean, Anthony would have been, what, five maybe? You know, and you think years. he wouldn't remember that race? <laughs> I'm just thinking I don't think he was there at that race is what yeah. I'm thinking. But uh, well, He might have been sitting in the grandstands okay. calling that race. <laughs> Could have been sitting in the grandstands calling it, and he could have read about it. I know he retains information fairly well. So, how funny is this? When I texted you today and said, uh, "We, what time do you want to record tonight?" You said, "Yeah, for how long?" And I said, "Probably thirty minutes." We've now gone for an hour. Oh yeah, <laughs> this over is now. typical of us. 
a lot of editing to do, but that's okay. That's what I get. Are paid we still for. recording, or did we run out of our Zoom time? For some somehow we're still in the recording session. I don't know how we haven't ran out of time, but uh, let's wrap it up and get over to one of our interviews. Uh, I believe we're going to be talking with Shane Stutzman, stock car champion at IED Speedway, uh, talkative young man. Do you remember that interview at, Qu- at Quaker Steak? Well, yeah, it was the first night we did him this year. Yeah. Uh, typical Shane interview. He, he's just not a talkative guy. Nope. He's, uh, kind he's of got a, a little Sammy Swindell in him, doesn't he? Kind of a one letter or one word answer guy. Oftentimes a one letter answer guy. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even well, bother saying no. He just, mm. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of two and three letters. Yeah, a lot yeah. of no and yes. And yeah, uh, yeah. Nice enough guy. Yeah. Very. You know, he, he's he's not rude or anything like that. He yeah. just, you know, he's not the talker. Anything else anyway. we gotta cover? No, I'm just kind of mad at myself for not mentioning that Keslowski deal earlier because I had it on my mind and uh forgot, kind of pissed myself off. Damn oh, it, good. I hate we got it. I hate being human. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm not entirely sold that you are human, but that's another conversation. Oh, well. All right, guys, make sure to like it up and uh, share the front stretch. I know the this uh, headlines was a little long, but uh, if you're a Shane Stutzman fan or you enjoyed the headlines, please uh, like and share the front stretch. And then join us January 3rd for the Crawford County Speedway Track Champions interview. And then January 10th for the Eagle Raceway Track Champions interviews, both of those on Monday nights and both of those at Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to the lube today for all the great sports, all the great food, all the great sounds, all the great sights, smells too. Oh, the smells. Sitting at home, missing the smells of Quaker Steak and Lube. And as we found out last time we were there, that the uh, bacon hamburger or uh, bacon cheeseburger pizza is very well. Um, palatable so good all right uh once again that's going to do it for us today uh appreciate everybody listening and make sure to like and share have a great holiday season be glad to uh to uh well i don't know what i'm saying actually uh it's merry christmas plain and simple that's the first holiday then next week we'll say happy new year correct and we will talk to you, well, plan on talking to you next weekend. If there's some big na- uh, news, whether it be local news or NASCAR news, we'll definitely uh, jump on and record a session. Otherwise, we'll probably just uh, play some more interviews uh, that we've done from the track champions. We have quite a few to do. Uh, Shelby County Speedway, got a couple more I-80 Speedway interviews left to play. So uh, if we talk to you before the new year, then uh, just have a happy Christmas. If we don't, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yepper. All that right. Sounds like the plan. Hang tight. Shane Stutzman just around the corner. We'll be back on the front stretch. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair, and we all know Christmas is just around the corner. So I've got a couple of ideas for you. If it's a youngster that's looking to stream, maybe do a little bit of gaming, maybe a young adult that's headed to college for the first time, or an older adult that's headed back for continuing education, I have two identical HP ProBook 640G2 laptops. These are 14-inch screens, so they're not too big, they're going to fit perfect in a backpack, and they're really, really light. They've both been upgraded to the maximum amount of range which is 16 gigs and they both come with iCore 3 processors that max out at 2.3 gigahertz. These are awesome laptops. I'm really impressed with the way that they are running after the upgrades that I've done to them and they're available right now for just $450 each. Give me a call or shoot me a text message 402-659-5641. You can also email me at taylorcomputersandrepair.com. 
every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are kids' night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race fans. We're doing our Track Champions interviews for I-80 Speedway down at Quaker Steak and Lube. Got to say a big thanks to those guys once again for letting us come down, set up, and and uh, eat some delicious food. Uh, our, our poor waitress, she's been running her tail off, uh, keeping everybody full, and I'm seeing a lot of big smiles and happy faces and uh, a lot of great food available down at uh, Quaker Steak and Lube. If you haven't been down so far, uh, make sure you join us. Uh, keep the eye on the Facebook page. We'll be doing uh, more track champions interviews, including Adams County, Crawford County. Uh, we'd like to get out west out to Columbus area and do some out that way if we can find a bar that will let us come in. Yeah, see if it'll, uh, you know, we tried last year. We tried real hard to set that up. Yeah. It just never happened. Yeah. Shane says, you mean I didn't have to drive all the way to Council Bluffs for this? I could have waited. Yeah. <laughs> Shane Stutzman uh, joining us on the show now. Your 2021 IED Speedway Stock Car Track Champion. And uh, good year for you, Shane. Uh, always do enjoy watching, uh, watching you race. Yeah, it was pretty good. Last year I didn't win a feature at I-80, but this year I made up for it again, so... Now, were you, you were a part of the uh, Dirt Outlaws, right? Yes. That Dirt Outlaws group. How did you get involved in that? I don't know. I messaged somebody, and they said, you got to get voted in to be a member, be a team team member or whatever. So evidently, they must have liked what they've seen, so yeah. I got voted in. Well, they looked at it, and they said, let's see, multiple track championships, win several yeah. times a year. Yeah, we'll let him in. Yeah. Did they <laughs> haze you? Did they haze me? No. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't I mean, no more week. than normal? No. Oh, okay. Good people, though. Uh, that, uh, that Dirt Outlaws is a really cool deal. And, and you mentioned uh, that you, you feel like you made it up for not winning a, a feature last year. You absolutely did. Twelve starts uh, for the NASCAR Weekly Racing at I-80. Five wins on the year. Eleven top fives and eleven top tens. I would assume one DNF? Uh, DNF first night. Yeah. Started off. Uh, did you roll that night? No. I got a, a different night. What happened? I broke a tie rod. Okay. Or something. I yeah. Know, a flat tire or something. But a uh, heck of a year for you. Um, and uh, I think you, uh, looking back on the points, uh, won it pretty handedly. But, I mean, do you ever really feel comfortable with the points lead in, in, in going in the last couple of nights in a, in a stock car? Yeah, I just needed a good finish and, you know, top 10 or whatever. I just didn't need a break. So, yeah. Yeah. Tough class to win at, too. I, I loved watching the stock cars race because you got a lot of guys that kind of make cameos in that class. You know, Jordan Grabowski. I mean, I, I don't know if cameo is the right word because he runs a stock car pretty often. Yeah, uh, Brad Derry, he was fast. Yeah. yeah. So you not only have to 
battle the guys you're battling on a weekly basis, but every once in a while somebody shows up and and that just takes away from the points that you should be able to get if they're able to sneak out and get a win. Yeah. Well, Sobbing shows up. He'll take some ways. So. Right. Who was that guy that won during the I-80 Nationals? He was fast. The blue car is all I can remember from Iowa. Oh, uh, was that the I-80 Nationals or the Cornhusker? Was that the night before the Cornhusker I- when he I-80 won? I-80 Nationals. Okay. I can look back on the records, but. Thursday night of I-80 Nationals. I don't remember. Do you remember? No. It wasn't Shane Stutzman. It that's wasn't all. Me, that. No. No. <laughs> I think but, I had to come from a B main or something in that race. Yeah, that was a heck of a race. I I remember. Uh, I you know James Essex was sitting there, the announcer. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him. He does announcing yeah. for Lucas Oil Late Models, but uh, he was sitting there just kind of had his glasses on, his peepers on. And he was doing work on his laptop. He's hunting and pecking as he's typing away on the keyboard, and I'm calling the race, and it's back and forth, and he kind of looks over at me as I'm almost having a hernia, like trying to keep up with everything that's going on. And then he looks up on the track, and pretty soon the laptop screen goes down, and he's, he's looking around, and he's watching the race, and he's picking up the microphone about ready to start calling it. And I'm like, these guys are stealing the show. You guys put on a hell of a show that night. Yeah, I think I screwed up your, I don't remember what it was, your um, fan- fantasy racing or whatever. I screwed up your thing that <laughs> night. Sorry, well, Dan. <laughs> No, the person that screws it up the most is sitting right over there finishing a burger. <laughs> That's Anthony Ainsley. <laughs> He's the one that screws up my fantasy the most, but he does that for a lot of people. But uh, the stock car class, you know, we, we're, we're talking a lot about it. Well, we should probably be talking more about you in your season, but uh, that's such a fun class, and, and it's a class that it seems like you've got a lot of trust with the, the fellow drivers. Yeah, there's just I-80, you get there's average of like 20 cars a night for sure. And yeah. It's just, you just got to have good trust with them. And just race them clean and try not to bang on them. And yeah, and, and you got to pick your moment when you're going to make your move to go to the front. You, yeah. You, just, you can't just decide, well, I'm going to move down a groove or two because the fast lane is the high lane. Right. You got to be able to go high, low, or wherever. Wherever the cars are, and you got to be able to move, maneuver your car. Who do you think was uh, probably your thorn in your side in 2021 for uh, stock cars at i80 i'd probably brad brad deary yeah yeah he's a good fast driver he's a good racer and he seems to have been in contention for the championship several times over the last five years yeah good year for him this is turning into one of those interviews can we get your son to come over here (laughs) sugar shane always talkative when he's talking about himself yeah barrett's he's gonna race the turkey chase here this weekend so oh is he yeah so now you're going to take second fiddle to, to his career? Uh, at least this weekend, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> What's your uh, plans for 2022? Are you going to continue to run stock cars at I-80? That's the plan. Yeah? Not, you don't want to move into a different class? Oh, I'd like to someday. but Go get, go get a sprint car or a late model? Well, eventually, maybe. Well, Which one? Late model, hopefully. Late model? If you're planning on I-80, uh, some days now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> go get a Bragging Right real quick. Go get what? Go get a Bragging Right late model. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. It'd be fun to watch that. Lottery draw tomorrow night. Maybe you can buy a few. <laughs> yeah. A l- winning the lottery would be a good down payment on a dirt car. I got to get on my ducks in a row because I want to go for rookie. Like IMCA rookie probably. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, get rid- and get rid of some stock cars. Car- <laughs> You can ask Dan. He's got ducks. It's hard to get even two of them in a row. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, that's what they don't tell you about that is that ducks are usually jerks. Yeah. Mine laugh at me almost every day. I've seen them. 
They look right <laughs> at him. <laughs> My ducks were having fun with your, your, the, the car your son gave me. I wound it up on the driveway and shot it, and they kind of... <laughs> the chickens yeah. were more interested, but... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, where else did you run this year? Uh, Eagle. I think I raced Columbus maybe once or twice, and Beatrice a few times. Yeah. Beatrice didn't end very well for you. No. Well, it was just... The track was rubbered up in one lane, and it just really wasn't racy. Yeah. That was a tough track. I felt bad for those guys because... Yeah, I mean, isn't that how late models race? <laughs> usually on a rubbered up one lane track. Yeah, usually, <laughs> sometimes. Uh, this one, unfortunately, we got there. It was my first time to Beatrice, and it was for the uh, Oktoberfest. And uh, I think we're walking through the pits, and I think the first person I ran into was Jordan Grabowski. And I was with James Rowland, and he said, how's the track looking? And Jordan said, well, we just finished hot laps, and it's already rubbered up. Yeah. Oh, man. It's going to be a long night. He was just rubber down racing. That's just just bad racing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've only got to ask it just because James Rowland asked, who's going to be your rap guy for next year? I don't know. I've had like four or five guys message me, <laughs> so there isn't a lack, and there isn't a lack of uh, people want to help me out. So. Yeah, tough deal there, but it is you, what it is. Yep. It's <laughs> the end of the season. We don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> right. Cars back together already. Uh, no. no. I need to go get some work done on it, and I'm putting my jet car back together that I rolled, and it's almost rolling again, so I'll have it going. Now, was that one, did you roll that one at Eagle? Yeah, I rolled that one at Eagle. Yeah, and the rear end went about... Yeah, I needed a new rear, I got the rear end put back in it, so it's almost rolling, and I got to put a body on it. You know, after rolling the car, you need to be careful with the word rolling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was six times. And it was that was a scary deal. <laughs> the uh, rear end came out of the car and went flying over into turn I've, four quite I've a seen ways. Video of it, yeah. So. yeah, yeah, that was good to see you get out of the car and walk away. Yeah, luckily it landed upside down and didn't jar my back. So yeah, and didn't hit anything solid, and the track was soft. So all right. So any plans to change up where you're racing next season for the 2022s? Uh, probably just Eagle and I-80. Yeah. Run those again this year yeah. uh, for the 2022 season. Uh, maybe move into a late model in 23 or 24. Possibly. We'll see. I'd like to. <laughs> Make sure to uh, thank some of those great sponsors that uh, helped the uh, 22S get up and down the road. Bob Service, Imperial Manufacturing, Worgens Lawn Service, Golfus Racing and Fab for all my shocks and springs, Jackson Freeze and Construction, Union Bank and Trust, Troyer Concrete, Ready Set Snow LLC, B&B Chassis, Jet Racing, Pro Cut Tires, Nielsen Blasting, Lewis Performance, Dirt Outlaws. All right. And uh, yes, good he list did of read that off a list. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he's not, one of, not on my phone either. I made a list. <laughs> he's done this before. He knows to show up with a list. <laughs> it's probably from 2019 <laughs> or in 20. <laughs> Wearing your nice uh, IED Speedway 2020 track champion jacket. That's a good-looking jacket. Thanks. That's worth it alone. Yeah. Comfortable? That's what? Is it comfortable? Oh, yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Looks good. All right. Well, uh, I'll let you off the hook. I know you love talking to me. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right. Go enjoy some dinner. We'll talk to you later. 
Shane Thanks, Stutzman, Shane. driver of the 22S, uh, finishing up an interview. Your 2021 IED Speedway Track Champion. That's going to do it for us today on the front stretch. Once again, big thanks to Quaker Steak and Lumen Council Bluffs and to Tailored Computers and Repair for all the support of the front stretch. Make sure to like, follow, and share the podcast. We're going to be back next week with more interviews. This has been the front stretch presented by Joe's Carding.